Turn with me in your Bible to John chapter 11. John chapter 11, and we're also going to be in Luke chapter 1. We're going to start in John 11, uh, but then we're going to go to uh, Luke chapter 1. And today I'm going to be wrapping up our series uh, called The Practices of Prayer that we've been in for the last four weeks. Uh, we're going to wrap it up today, and uh, Pastor Ty is going to be starting a new series uh, coming up here shortly. So in, we're going to start in John chapter 11. And in verse 1, I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. I'm in Luke, so I better get over to John if I want to read it. It might help. Because my wife's giggling, laughing at me. Oh, no. You're laughing with me, right, babe? Not at me. Correct. Thank you. She's encouraging me, too. All right. John chapter 11, verse 1. If you're there, say I'm there. All right. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for this time in your word. Father God, we don't want to take your word for granted, God. We know that your word, Lord, is living and it's actively working in our lives. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. And that your words, words are life-giving, life-changing. We, we uh, come in agreement with, with the disciples when they said, where else could we go, Father? For you have the words of life. You have the words of life, and we thank you, Lord God. The words of life, the eternal, uh, eternal words Lord, that are, that were spoken, were written by your Holy Spirit are here today, uh, with us to, to help us. Now help us to, to not only receive uh, your word, but to live it out. God, as we walk out of here today, I pray that we would be transformed, challenged, strengthened, and encouraged, and equipped as we go forward throughout our days, Lord. We thank you. Help me. Give me the grace of the anointing that I need, Lord, to continue on and preach and teach your word. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So like I said, I'll be wrapping up this series, Practices of Prayer, today. Um, two weeks ago, Pastor Todd preached on a perseverance prayer, a perseverance of prayer. And then last week, he preached on breakthrough prayer, preached on breakthrough prayer. So we just finished, this is uh, a week ago today, we finished our 21 days of prayer and fasting. How many of y'all was pressing in and praying and fasting, had a wonderful time, got some breakthroughs? How many of y'all got some, some breakthroughs and some, some answers, some miracles? Amen. We've heard many testimonies like that. Many testimonies of, 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 of answered prayer, of breakthroughs, of miracles. But this morning I want to talk to some of y'all out there that might have heard those testimonies but haven't, haven't received it yet. You, you didn't receive an answer to prayer or maybe a direction or maybe a breakthrough uh, that, that, you were, that you were praying for. And maybe it wasn't just during the time of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Maybe you've been praying for something for a while now. Maybe you've been praying for something for, for multiple years now. And, and, and you still haven't seen it happen. You haven't seen the answers to your prayers, the, 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 the promises come to pass yet. So this morning, I, I want to ask a question that I think every one of us have asked at one time or another. And you might be actually asking yourself right now or asking God right now. Why do my prayers sometimes seem unanswered? Have you ever thought that or asked that? Why do my prayers sometimes seem unanswered? 
Why is that when everybody else around me is getting the breakthrough and getting answers and, and, and my prayer, my, my thing I've, I've been proclaiming, standing on, believing God for has not yet happened? Well, I, I want to... I want to try to answer that, uh, that question today. I, and I, I got a few things. This is not obviously an exhaustive list, but you know, a few things that we see from the Word of God. Number one is sometimes the answer is strategically delayed. Sometimes the answer is strategically delayed. And before I, I get into what that means, let me share a truth with you, a truth with you that, that really popped out at me as I was reading this and, and studying this. Look, look with me in verse five and six of John 11 again. If you've been praying and you still haven't seen it, I, when, when our prayers get delayed, there's something that we must realize. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's get going. Don't believe the lie because your prayers aren't being answered in the time or hasn't been answered yet that God loves you any less. That Jesus loves you any less. I want to start out by saying that. Don't get caught up in that because the enemy will whisper that to you. Well, why is Gerald's prayers getting answered and, and, and Chris's prayers getting answered? And they've got a breakthrough. They had a miracle. They literally had like last year in prayer and fasting. And we hear these testimonies. But I've been praying for years, Lord. Maybe it's because, what is it? Am, am I doing something wrong? Does the Lord not love me any less? I think it's clear, very clear. The Bible says that Jesus loved all three of them, all three of them. Yet he waited for a few days there. He waited. So don't believe the lie that Jesus loves you any less, that he cares for you any less, that you're any less spiritual. Let me say that too. Sometimes we think we're less worthy or less spiritual than someone else or God puts less stock in us because our prayers aren't being answered. So I just wanted to throw that out there first before we go any further. So our prayers get uh, strategically delayed sometimes. And, and, And why is that? Why does God delay with the answer to some of our prayers? Well, I believe God with God... Timing is way more important than time. Let me say that again. Timing is way more important than time. God is going to answer our prayers when it's going to give him the greatest glory. God is going to answer our prayers when it gives him the greatest glory. Look what verse 4 says. When Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus, sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God. So that the Son of God will receive glory for himself. The whole reason he was saying this was happening was so God would get glory through it. It's so God would get glory through it. And we need to have that perspective moving forward. Why didn't Jesus go right away whenever, when, when Lazarus got sick? Why didn't he go right away? Uh, you know, and go ahead and, and touch him and heal him. The people all around knew that he had healed many of people before. Why didn't he go right away? I believe it's because God waits sometimes until the situation is impossible. If he wants to receive glory, which he does, we see that he waits until the situation is impossible. And there's no doubt about it that it was God that moved when your prayer does get answered. Amen. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? I thought about a a couple other occasions in scripture, a couple of cup, few couples that we see, Abraham and Sarah. Back in the Old Testament, they prayed and and wanted a son and God told them that he would give them a son. And it wasn't until he was 100 years old and Sarah was around 90. Guess what? They knew that was impossible. Come on, if you knew somebody was 90 years old, got pregnant, wouldn't that be kind of crazy? They, they, they had to, he waited till the situation was impossible. Even with Zachariah and, and Elizabeth, which we're going to read about them in a little bit, that, that, that they were up in their age. They had been praying for a son and, and, and their prayer was delayed. And we're going to look at that in a, in a minute. 
So why didn't he go right, right to Lazarus? You know, Lazarus. Uh, the, the Bible says, continue on, for time's sake, I'm just gonna, just gonna, uh, you know, explain it. And, and a lot of y'all are familiar with the story. If you're not, so they begin to walk. He said, finally, after two days, he said, let's go to back to Judea. So they start heading over there to go see about the sick man. Well, as they, as they're approaching, people are, are coming up to him reporting, look, Lazarus is dead. He's gone. He's gone. And the sisters, Mar- Martha and Mary, come running up to him on two separate occasions, said the same thing. Lord, if you were only here, if you only came, then our brother Lazarus would not have died. Our brother Lazarus would, would, would not have died. They both said the same thing. And, and let, me, let me say this as well, too. You know, sometimes because God has promised us something and we haven't seen it happen, we believe that God's not true to his promises. Didn't he promise them that Lazarus wouldn't die? Isn't that right? But then a little bit later in chapter 11, we see he dies. And it looks like the situation is impossible. Well, Lord, you said he wouldn't, and now, now he's dead. He didn't actually say he wouldn't die. He said he wouldn't end in death. He died, but it wasn't the end. So he, he keeps going on. His sisters are there crying, just pleading, God, why didn't, basically, why didn't you answer my prayers? Why didn't you answer our prayers? You know, sometimes when we pray for things to get better, they actually get worse. You ever experienced that? Pray for things to get better. I actually talked to, to a brother, just gave his life to the Lord at the first service, and he was going through something. He was telling me, uh, he was saying that he was, uh, had started going to church somewhere else, and he was going through a hard time, and he said, you know, he said it really kind of messed me up. He said, because when I, I started going to church is when all this stuff started happening. And that, it, that, that's true. Sometimes we pray and we like, we, we want to go after God, but things actually get worse. But it goes back to God is waiting. Till it looks impossible. Now let's pick up the story now in, in, in John chapter 11. We know uh, Lazarus, he, Lazarus has died. John chapter 11, let's pick it up in verse 38. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory? If you believe, there it is again. So they rolled the stone aside and Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Amen. In the most impossible situation, the possible happened. And I love it. We see God being glorified in a greater way. And you know, I, I, I heard some scholars say this, that God could have been glorified in a greater way. They said, you know, with the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit working through Jesus, he had to be specific and say, Lazarus, come out. Because if you would have just said, come out, the whole grave would have came out. The whole graveyard would have came forth and rose from the dead because of the power that he possessed. It really would have, that, that would have been awesome. But this is awesome enough. A, a, a guy that's been dead four days. Four days. It looked like the situation was, even the sister was like, like, Lord, you're too late now. This dude is stinking, man. Please don't roll that thing. He's going to, what are you doing? Like kind of, you know, have we been there? Well, God, it, it's not going to work now. I mean, it, it's, it, it's too late. It's not going to happen. You, God will send you people. God will try to encourage you. God will send provision for you. And we've been so disgruntled because we've been waiting. It was like, Lord, well, it's not going to work now. He's already dead. He's dying. It's stank. It's over. We do that too, right? We do the same thing. We do the same thing. But we need to get a perspective that God, 
does it on purpose. Listen, God always takes the route that will bring him the greatest glory. To bring him the greatest glory. It's not about our glory. It's not about our timing. God, like I said before, God's more concerned about the timing than the time. We're in such a, a fast food society, a microwave mentality that, you know, we, we, if it doesn't get answered now, it, we get impatient. Something's wrong God, or God didn't answer. That's why I said, why does it seem like our prayers don't get answered sometimes? Why does it seem that way? When the situation is impossible, no one else will be able to take the credit. Amen? When the situation seems impossible, it seems dead, it seems like it's over. I'm just talking about a, a situation in your life. And, and then, and, you know, and, and God moves and answers that prayer. You get that breakthrough. You get that miracle. Then guess what? Only God will get the glory. Hey, let, let me say this. You might be praying for a lost loved one right now. Someone that, that, that still doesn't know the Lord. You've been praying for him to come into the kingdom. You've been praying, but maybe they're just getting meaner. They're getting harder. And they're getting further away from the Lord. Anybody like that in here? That you've been praying and you're like, man, it's not getting better. It's just getting worse. And you begin to think, man, ain't no way this dude's going to get saved now. Come on, we've all thought that too. Be honest. We all thought like, man, this, I don't think this, this guy's going to get saved. I mean, he's just way out there. But guess what? The Bible says that his arm's not too short, that he can save anybody. And that when he does, when we pray and, they're, uh, and, and they keep getting further, they're getting harder, when they do get saved, people are going to be like, okay, there is a God in heaven if that boy gave his life to the Lord. If he changed his heart, if he changes, look, I'm one of them standing up here today. I'm, I, and I, I know other people, people in our family that was just like, I don't see, God, I know you're like, you're all powerful, but I don't see how this is going to work. I don't see how this is going to happen. But that's the way he does it. It's to bring, our prayer sometimes gets strategically delayed to bring him the greatest glory. So let me ask you right now, are you more concerned about your timetable or God's glory? Are what we want are what's going to glorify God. Amen? Number two, sometimes the answer is significantly different. That's why it seems unanswered, because the answer is actually significantly different than what we thought. Well, why is that? Well, let's take a look now. Flip over. You should be in, in, in Luke chapter 1. And I just referenced uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Let's read about their circumstance and, and, and their prayer that had, they had been praying uh, to the Lord as we move forward on this point. Luke chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading in verse 5. Give you a minute to get there. Verse 5 says, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth was righteous in God's eyes careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty this week. Let me stop right there and even say, see, we got to realize, too, sometimes we get frustrated and, and, and not getting answered prayer, and we think that, you know, God, am I, am I not serving you right? I'm still serving you. This shows clearly, it says Zechariah was in the temple serving the Lord. He was a man of God. He was in ministry, and still they had been praying for a child. He said they were very old, and the Bible says that we see in a minute they had been desiring a child. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by Lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. 
standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Come on, somebody needs to underline that right there. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. He will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who were rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Not only was their prayer delayed, their answer delayed. But their answer was different. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by, by it, it was different? You know, cause God, God didn't give them what they asked for. On the surface, it looks that way. God didn't give them what they asked for. God actually gave them something better. God actually gave them something better. What do I mean by that? Okay, if they had been praying, which they had been, it said they heard their prayer, and we know she was old in age and she couldn't conceive, and the Bible says that in Jewish custom, we know that, uh, in the society, Everybody desired a child. It wasn't like our society nowadays. Everybody, women wanted children. It was actually considered disgraceful, shameful. Some people thought you even might had a curse or something was wrong with you if you didn't have children back then in, 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 in the society, the Jewish culture. And so we know they wanted a child. They had been praying, and God said, your prayer has been heard. So if God gave them a child when they had started praying for it early on, they would have loved the boy. They would have loved the child. They would have loved the son. They would have loved on him. They would have been rejoicing. Uh, you know, they would have thanked God. They, they, it would have been a provision and an answer to prayer. But he would have been an ordinary boy. Why do I say that? Because if he would have been born in their youth, he wouldn't have been born the same time as the Messiah was born. God waited. He delayed and gave him something different. He gave him a son to be born at the same time, around the same time as Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the Bible says he was filled with the Holy Spirit before birth, and he became the forerunner for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God gave them something better. It looked like their prayer was unanswered, but God gave them something better. Matter of fact, listen what, uh, what, what Jesus himself says about John the Baptist. Matthew eleven eleven, New King James says, Among these are those born of women. There has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Now you think Elizabeth and Zechariah was glad that they waited all those years? For the Messiah himself to be the man of God he was, to, to, to be the preacher he was, the forerunner. And for Jesus himself to say, when it comes down to natural birth, I mean, besides Jesus, we know, but he was from his father. It wasn't a natural birth. It was supernatural uh, uh, conception with Jesus. But amongst all, uh, any other child born amongst women, Jesus himself said there was none greater than John the Baptist. He gave him something better. Are y'all tracking with me? It might be significantly different. It might be significantly delayed it's because God has something better in mind. Sometimes our prayers seem unanswered because God wants to give us something different that will be better. Listen to what Ruth Graham said, the wife of Billy Graham. She said, if God had given me what I asked him for, I would have married the wrong man seven times. She's reported saying that. I would have married the wrong man seven times if God gave me what I wanted. Meaning that what she was looking at, or maybe some, the men she was desiring that she thought she wanted to marry, is who she was gonna, who she would end up seven times. She said, but instead she married the great Billy Graham, a great man of God that has led thousands of not millions of souls to the Lord. Let me just stop and kind of talk to the young people for a minute, or the the, the single people. 
You know, all, all the single people. Let, let me let me encourage you. There's nothing wrong with doing this. I was talking to a brother a couple of weeks ago about this, but but uh, and he was kind of he was he was struggling with it a little bit because he kind of had a list of what he thought he heard. He always heard people say, "Hey, make a list of 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 what you want in a, in a spouse and write that down and and pray for it and do all that." And there's nothing wrong with that. God, you know, can well can honor that and give you those desires and whatnot. And so now God has sent him a, a wonderful, godly woman that they're in a relationship right now. But he's, he was kind of scratching his head. He's like, man, I've always heard that talk, but it's not the same that, than I thought. So I'm kind, of, I'm kind of like stumbling on that a little bit, you know. But listen, sometimes God don't give us exactly what we want because he wants to give us something better. And the person he has for them is better. Listen what Ruth Graham said. Seven times she would have messed it up. But instead, she married Billy Graham. Listen. Listen to me, whether you be single or you praying and you're desiring a job, a career, uh, um, um, a circumstance, some kind of provision, and you think, well, God, it's that. I want that. I'm praying for that. I need that. We've all been there. I was praying for a little SUV until I found out my wife was pregnant for twins. Okay? That prayer changed. God knew I needed something bigger and better. So we all do it. But listen, God gives the best to those who leave the choice up to him. Let me say that again. God gives the best to those who leave the choice up to, them, up to him. So if you're single and you're, you're believing and you're wanting to get married and all, all, all of this, leave it up to him. I'm not saying you can't make your list and all that, but look, be, be open for that list might, might get thrown out the window. Ask my wife. We, we, we give that testimony a lot. She thought I was going to be this like beach bum guitar playing guy. Y'all know me. That's not me. Most of y'all don't know me. Farthest thing from it, you know. But, but she knows that this is uh, that this was the Lord's will. And so... Sometimes our prayers are delayed because it's going to be significantly different and God wants to give us something better. Amen? Y'all receive that? All right, so number three now. Number three, this goes back to I I believe the basis, but sometimes we just, we forget about it. The third reason I believe sometimes our prayers seem unanswered is because sometimes the Lord is teaching us to trust and rely on him. He's teaching us to trust and rely on him. You know, if God answered all of our prayers within the five minutes that we asked it or ten minutes or the next day, we wouldn't need faith. We wouldn't need faith, right? But the Bible talks a lot about faith. Jesus talks a lot about faith. Matter of fact, the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. So sometimes I believe he's teaching us to rely on him. And and, and specifically, as we talk about this, I want to talk about a lot of times when we're praying for an answer to prayer, a lot of times this situation comes up in the midst of trials and hardships. When we're going through something very tough, we pray and ask God to remove us from the situation or to change the situation. God, please take me from it. Take me out of the situation. Change it. God, this is so hard. I've been going through this for years. Why is this going on? Please, Lord, help me. Get, t- take it away from me. Let's listen to We're going to read a couple of scriptures of what the Apostle Paul said. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8 says, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and completely overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. You ever went through something and you felt that way? Totally overwhelmed, and I don't even know how I'm going to get through this. There might be some of y'all in here right now that's thinking that. In fact, we we expected to die. But as a result, we learned not to rely on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. And we know that. We just read the account of Jesus raising the dead. And he said, you listen, you know what? We were, we were crushed. We were overwhelmed. We thought we would die. We thought we'd never make it through this situation, through this circumstance. 
But you know what? He, he didn't, he didn't, t- he didn't tell how the situation got resolved. He didn't tell how, how, you know, how God delivered them miraculously out of it. He didn't say any of that. He said, what I learned is we learned how to rely on God. We learn how to rely only in the Lord and not in ourselves or our own ability to, to get out of it. When dealing with a constant struggle in his life, which is known as the thorn in his flesh, Paul, Paul talks about it. He, he was getting such great revelations from God that, you know, um, that, that God wanted to keep him humble. So he'd stay humble. He said the Lord sent him a thorn in his flesh, and, and scholars debate what that may be. But he had this constant trial, this constant struggle, this, this, this something, whether it be in his physical body. Some scholars I've read even say it was people in his life that the enemy has sent to try to disrupt his life and his ministry. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12 and 8. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. He was past praying. Brother was begging. He said, I begged the Lord to take it from me. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses, in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I just noticed that you go from 2 Corinthians 1 to 2 Corinthians 12, and 11 chapters later, he said he relearned to rely on God. Then he goes to say, now I rejoice, and I take pleasure in hardships. I think he learned the lesson. He learned how to rely on God. I'm not there yet. I don't ever think like, wow, all hell is breaking loose. Yes. Is anybody in there got there yet? If you have, man, you know, right? That's not, that's not our tendency. Whenever, whenever everything's going wrong in our life, things are hard, we don't naturally rejoice and say, I take pleasure in this. But Paul learned to rely on the grace of God. Paul learned to rely on the strength of God, the comfort of God, that there's no way I can get through this. The Lord said, I'm not, and, and, and this is what we got to learn. Sometimes in the trials and the hardships, it, it, it's funny, you know, Jesus didn't even, and this is the Lord Jesus speaking to, he didn't even acknowledge that. He said, please take it away from me. Your grace is all, my grace is all you need. I'm not even going to, no, my my grace is all you need. Not even like, if you just endure for a little while, some say he probably had that the rest of his life till he died, whatever the thorn was. But he said, my grace is all you need. Sometimes our prayers seem unanswered because the Lord is walking us through us to draw us closer to him and to rely on him. When we think we got this and I can get through this myself, I'm strong, be strong. You know, you know, you go to funerals and I know people mean well. And, and if you ever said this, it's okay. I've said it too. But I can remember when we walked through tragedy in our family and at the funeral home and people's like, okay, you, you need to be strong, be strong for your mom, be strong for the family. It's like, dude, I'm weak. I'm going to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That's the only way I'm going to make it through. And you learn through those times is how we learned how to rely on the Lord. And, and you, you learn, you learn to rely. I think that's a, that's another key way. God wants to teach us. He wants to teach us, you know. I said this earlier, the other stories, you know, what if, if we just, if God just ended up being like this holy ATM and every time we went in, punched in some numbers or requests, our, our prayer came out, that, that wouldn't, that, that, you know, we wouldn't be relying on much. It'd just be like, I know I'll do this and, uh, and it'll be done and I can move on and my life will be all peaches and cream. But it's not. It's not. So if, if, if God didn't answer Paul's prayer, to take him out of the situation, what should we pray in those situations? He said, Lord, I beg the Lord, take it away from me. What, what should we pray then? Let's go back to our Lord Jesus and see what he prayed. You know, when he was leading up to, to, uh, to the trials, to, the, to uh, the greatest trial on earth, 
that any human being ever had to face, the torture that he was going to take, the, the road he had to walk, the beatings and everything, the cross that he had to go through. Right before, when he's predicting his death to his disciples, listen to what he said in John 12, 27 and 28. Now my soul is deeply troubled. My soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the reason I came. Father, bring glory to your name. Father, bring glory to your name. That's what we should pray. You know, a couple of years ago, I preached a message to the, to the teenagers that was called, What to Pray When Life's Not Going Your Way. And that's what we should pray. When life's not going our way and our prayers haven't been answered and we're still in the midst of the trial, it goes back to the first point I talked about. Jesus said the whole reason this thing with Lazarus has happened is to bring glory to God. Jesus said, you know what, I'm going through all this, but to God be the glory. Father, bring glory to your name. And we know he was 100% God, but 100% man. We know by later that he was in the garden travailing, bleeding, sweats, drops of blood were coming out. He said, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. I don't want to have to go through this. It shows the, the, the human aspect of Jesus. But not my will, your will be done. You be glorified, Lord. It goes back to that question. Are we more concerned about getting out of the trial or God being glorified? What is it? And, and, and that's a check for all of us today. What is it? Or what, what are we more concerned with? And, I, I, and we're going we're gonna to wrap that up in a, in a little bit with that. Instead of getting mad, discouraged, depressed, or giving up, we need to pray, Father, bring glory to your name. If this takes longer, if it's harder, if it doesn't turn out the way I want it to turn out, Father, ultimately, I pray you be glorified. Because the Bible says if he be lifted up, he draw all men unto him. So we glorify the Lord. God gets glory, moves in the impossible. Then guess what? That person you've been praying for, we talked about earlier, that person might actually get saved. When you walk through that trial and that tragedy and that hardship and, and nothing changes and you're going through the hardest time in your life, but you're still serving the Lord, you're still loving Jesus, you still have joy, your family will look at you, your friends will look at you and say, man, how in the world is he doing it? How's he going through this? How's he going through all of this stuff? And still, that brings God glory. That brings God glory. You know, there's a family in our church, and, uh, and they've been walking uh, through, through something. They have an 11-year-old little girl, and she's been, having, um, she's been having all kind of stuff in her lungs and in her chest. And uh, uh, the, since August, uh, they had brought her in for something. She got sick, and they started running tests. And they did an x-ray on her, on her lungs, and it said that the doctors looked at her lungs and said that her lungs looked like somebody that should be in ICU on a respirator. But when they would listen to her lungs, like for pneumonia or anything like that, they couldn't, they, they couldn't hear anything. And she was fine. She wasn't having trouble breathing. None of the signs on the outward, they, they can tell. But the x-ray looked this way. They said, well, I mean, it's like, this is weird. We can't, they scratching their heads. And so they sent her home. She was still playing. She's still going to, was going to school and everything since August. And she's gotten sick a couple of times. Well, just last week, they wanted to run some more tests, do a, a lung biopsy on her to find out what was going on in her life. And, you know, it's funny. As I was talking to the mom on the phone last week, wondering when they were going to the, uh, to the hospital and we, we go and pray for them and everything, it's amazing. Amazing. She's, I, I, what I kept thinking was, man, that's God's grace on that little girl. And she began to say, you know what, through all of this, I don't know what's going on. Come on, those of y'all with children, to have your, your, your little child walking through that and not knowing what's happening, why she has all this stuff in her lungs and, and they're they looking at this, what's going on. You know what she told me? She said, I know through all of this that God's going to be glorified. 
that God's going to get the glory. That encouraged me then when we went on Wednesday to, to pray with the family. I got to spend time uh, with the dad, with her husband, and, and talk to him. And it's just incredible the faith that they have. And just believing, you know, that God's going to get glorified in this. This little girl, that she seems steadfast and unwavering in her faith, that 11 years old, and the family. You know what? They don't understand. it got to be even harder, like they say, to, to have something and you don't even know the doctors are scratching their head. And we're like, okay, what's going on here? But you know what? They're believing God's going to get the glory in the end. God's going to get, and she said already, she's believing nurses and doctors are getting touched because they don't understand. How does this x-ray look like? Should she be, she should be in ICU. Yes, yeah, she's at school. And they said, she could even hear one time, she said they went out the room and he looked at the x-rays and he's on the phone, called some specialists in different states and said, you need to come look at, you need to look at this. What's going on? And they're like, well, is she having trouble breathing? He's like, no, she's sitting up doing homework. Like, you know, and so through that, she believes, you know what? God's being glorified. And there's some doctors and some nurses, nurses that are going to get touched through this. Amen. Okay, so sometimes the answer is strategically delayed. Sometimes the answer is significantly different. Sometimes the Lord is just teaching us to trust and rely on him during this time. So what do we do now when we're waiting? It seems like the prayers are unanswered. It seems like they hadn't come, but we see that not always meant that God's not going to answer it. And I'm going to just say this again. I didn't hit this because Pastor Todd did last week. Sometimes they're not answered because we're not praying according to the will of God. We know that. I didn't really put, go into the scriptures tonight because Pastor Ty mentioned it. Sometimes they're just not because they're not God's will. Like how Pastor Ty said that. You think if you pray, God help me to rob a bank in Jesus' name, he's going to do it? No. We know that's not according to God's will. But what if it's just they're delayed or they look different or God's just trying to teach us something? What do we do in this time? What do we do in this time while we're waiting? Well, the first thing is we need to do a checkup. We need to do a checkup while we're waiting. What do I mean by that? We need to do a checkup and make sure that our heart is right. Is our heart right when it comes to giving God the glory, wanting God to be glorified in this circumstance? Let me ask you a question. I've asked it a couple different times in a couple different ways. Ask yourself, am I desiring God's glory or my way? Am I desiring God's glory or my way? And what I think it should be and how it should look and the timing it should come, or do I want God to be glorified? We see Jesus said that it's the whole reason he went through this, so he'd be glorified. Why? Lazarus died, so he could be glorified. And we see even with Paul learning, we know God got the glory in all of that. If your heart's desire is right, if your desire is right and you know you're right standing with God, hey, keep praying. Get Pastor Todd's message on perseverance of prayer again. Keep praying. Keep praying. Like, I'm right. I want God to be glorified. You know what? Sometimes I don't know why. Isn't that right? These are just a few things I see in the word of God, but sometimes we don't know why God is not answering or why it's taking long. I've always said, if we could figure out God, he wouldn't be God, right? And we can figure everything out, it wouldn't be God. So many great men and women of God in the Bible walked in faith. He told Abraham, go. Where you want me to go, Lord? Just start walking. I'm not even going to tell you where you're going. All right. And then he went and the Lord directed. Had no idea where he was going. Just walking in faith and say, look, I don't understand that. Oh, I don't know. Which leads us to the next thing, to what to do while waiting, is don't try to figure and understand everything. Don't try to figure everything out and understand it. When, when, you're, when you're waiting for those prayers, when you're waiting for the breakthrough, when you're waiting for the miracle, don't try to understand and figure everything out. We, we, don't we try to do that in our minds? We try to, man, did, did I not pray hard enough? Did I not fast long enough? Maybe I didn't go to enough prayer meetings. Maybe I, I was watching the national championship instead of praying. Maybe God was mad at that, so I didn't, you know. And he punished the tigers? No, I'm just joking. I tried to figure that out for a little while, then I gave up. 
But, you know, seriously, don't, don't try to figure things out, you know, because and that goes back to God you know, loving us and caring about us. Listen what Proverbs 20, 24 says. The Lord directs our steps, so why try to understand everything along the way? The Lord directs our steps. Why try to understand everything along the way? You're going you're gonna to wear yourself out. God is God. We are mere human beings, and he's God. We're not going to figure it out. You know, these are some of the reasons why. It could be all three, and it could be none of them. And we might not know until we get to heaven why that prayer took so long or why that circumstance happened. Don't try to figure it out along the way. Amen. And the third thing, the last thing, is let's stay focused on the Lord and his word. Let's stay focused on the Lord and his word. Not the circumstances and not the whispering of the enemy. Not that the, the, the God don't love you because he hadn't answered your prayer. Not because, you know what, the truth of the matter is when we pray sometimes, do, things do go from bad to worse. And it seems like that does happen. But let's keep our eyes focused on the Lord. Listen to what it says, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. By keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. It don't matter who's in the Super Bowl, we always got the champion on our side. And his name's Jesus Christ. He's the champion that initiates and perfects our faith. So what does that mean? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep walking in faith. Keep feeding yourself the word of God. Keep listening to the word. Keep getting in God's presence. Don't, don't get sidetracked. We see it. We've heard it. We know it. Peter was good. He was walking on the water until he started looking at the waves. As long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was fine. As long as he started looking at the wave, the circumstance, he started sinking. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me. Because he took his eyes off of the Lord. We need to keep our eyes on him no matter how long it takes. No matter how long it takes. You know, last week, Pastor Todd said that there was a lady in the church that prayed for 16 years, and she got the breakthrough this year. 16 years. I don't even know who that lady is, but she was walking in faith. She persevered. She was keeping her eyes on Jesus. And you know what? Her prayer came to, to, to pass, right? It seemed unanswered for 16 years. Pastor Todd said up here last week that he's been praying for stuff for 20-something years since he's been saved, but he hadn't seen it yet. The answer seems like it's not coming. But after 16 years, that lady knew that God is real. I bet you she got close. She learned how to rely on the Lord. Amen? I bet you she learned a lot. Listen. John 15, in John 15, Jesus said, remain in me. He said it five different times, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me. Think he's trying to tell us something there? Five different times in the first few verses of John 15, go read it. And then he says, remain in my love one other time. And, you know, he said this right before he talked to him about persecutions, trials, and sorrows. So he, he, he warned him ahead of time, before the trial got there. So listen, maybe if today, as, as we're wrapping up, I, and, and you might not be the one I'm talking to, you maybe did get your prayers answered and stuff. Guess what? He talked to them about this before the trial came. He said, listen, remain in me. Remain in me. Remain in my love. Because this is what's coming down the pipe. But for those of y'all that haven't got the answer to prayer yet, just, just continue to remain. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Do a checkup. Do a, do a hard check and see what's going on. And don't try to figure it all out. Come on. Take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on that. Don't lean on it. Because guess what? Our understanding is faulty and will fall through and will lead us and take us down all kind of crazy rabbit trails. Amen.
Lean on him. Trust in him. Keep your eyes on him. Trust that he's, he's, he's teaching us something, that they're strategically being relayed, that there's something different and better. Come on, I, I just feel like somebody needs to receive that. You, uh, somebody in here, I believe, just continues because you're not getting your prayers answered. You're questioning the goodness of God. I'm just going to say that. You're questioning the goodness of God, and you got to realize that God has something better. He has your best in mind. That same young man I said I talked to at the first service, I was trying to tell him that. Going through a situation, I kept going back to saying, listen, man, you got to understand, God loves you. He sent his son to die for you, and he has your best in mind. Receive that this morning. God has your best in mind. Amen? Everybody stand up with me. You know, as we close this morning, I want to let you know about one prayer that God will always answer. And a prayer that will never be delayed. Acts 2.21 says, and everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everybody who calls upon the Lord will be saved. Listen, today as I've been talking to you, you might be going through some trials, some hardships. You might be going through some stuff. You might have been praying, but you're not in relationship with, with Jesus. You're not in a relationship. You remember uh, Mary and Martha said that uh, your dear friend Lazarus has, has fallen sick. These ladies were in relationship with Jesus. You remember it said Zechariah was serving the Lord in the temple that day. He was a man of God. He was walking with God. He had a relationship with God. Paul, we know Paul, the great apostle Paul, had an awesome conversion on the road to Damascus. And God radically saved him, radically changed his life. And he became, he came in a relationship with God when he learned to rely on God's grace. Today, I, I want to say if you in here today and you've never had that conversion, you've maybe been coming to church for a while. You, you might be the person that, that your, your family member's been praying for. The, once again, the, the guy in the first service, uh, he's a family member brought him to church and he got saved this morning. So maybe you here with somebody today. Or you've been coming for a while, but you still don't know if you're right with God. You know, James 5 says that the prayer, the, 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 the prayer of a righteous man has, uh, uh, produces wonderful results, has great power and produces wonderful results. You know, we can be praying prayers and they may be not getting answered because we're not in right standing with God. Let me ask you a question. Are you in right standing with God today? And like I said, this is a prayer that will be answered and not delayed. If you need to get saved today, if you need to be born again, if you never ask Christ into your life and ask him to forgive you of your sins, as I'm talking right now, if you, you're feeling that, you're like, man, I've been coming to church, uh, I've been going to church, I've, been, uh, I've even read my Bible and stuff, but I don't know if I'm, if I'm saved. If I died tonight, if I died before the Super Bowl even came on, where would I spend eternity? Listen, y'all, heaven and hell is real. The Bible said it's appointed for man to want, die once, and then comes judgment. And so God doesn't want to judge us. We see it clear. We read about Jesus went to that cross because he wants us to be saved. He wants us to spend eternity with him. He wants to be in relationship with us. He wants us to walk with him. You can do that today. Today. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, God is ready to help you right now. Today. It's the day of salvation. No delay. There's no delay. Today, if you need help today, everybody bow with me, saints. Y'all pray with me. Bow your heads and, and just pray with me. If you need help today, 
If you need spiritual help and you say, God, I'm not right with you. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm in right standing. You know, it's better that you be sure than have any doubt. Because if you're saved, if you've been born again, there is no doubt. You have that that assurance in your heart. But you say, God, I want to be in right standing with you. I know I'm not in right standing, God. I need to get right with you because God so loved you that he sent his son to die. People only get judged because they make a decision. They make a choice not to serve Christ, not to surrender to Christ. Today, if that's you, if you've never given right with God and you've never surrendered your life to God, I want you to just slip up your hand. Just slip up your hands for me to see if that's you today. If you say, you know what, Brandon, I, I've, been, I've been coming to church. I've been going through stuff, but I don't know if I've ever been born again. If that's you tonight, today, just slip up your hand. We acknowledge you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Well, this morning, as we close, the Bible talks about that there's a power in agreement. Where two more agree on anything on earth, it would be done for us by our Father in heaven. So today, if, you, if you've been praying, you, you, you maybe even been fasting, it's been years, I want to encourage you, before you leave here today, come on up, let us pray with you. Something about coming to agreement, having, having somebody to walk with you, some, somebody to help you, somebody to agree with you. Maybe you've been discouraged because you hadn't seen the answer to the prayer. Maybe your heart hadn't been right and you just want to come up to the altar and get before God and say, you know what, Lord, I need to get right with you. Or you just want somebody to stand, that, that, that same thing you've been praying for. You want somebody to stand in the gap with you and pray for you. We'd love to have you up. If you need prayer for anything, the altars are going to be open. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your grace. I thank you for your love. I thank you that you're teaching us today to rely on you, that you're teaching us to rely on you, God, in this time while we're waiting, Lord. I pray, Father God, in Jesus' name, that those that have, might have gotten discouraged, those that might have, have, have gotten a little frustrated or feel like giving up today, Father, I pray that this word would have encouraged them, Lord God, that even though it seems like our prayers don't get answered sometimes, Lord, you still love us, you're still moving on our behalf, and that you are teaching us, Lord God, to rely on you, Lord. You are, you are, you are working things to the good uh, for us and to bring yourself the glory that others would see that you are real and that they come to know you, Lord. And that knowing, Lord, I pray today that we would know that you have our best in mind. And even though our prayers might not seem answered, they might be different because you have something better in store for us. God, I pray that as we leave today, this word would be planted deep in our hearts, Lord God. We love you. We bless you. I pray your blessing upon these as they go today. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen.